We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Pieces, and then Clay comes back, and then, then you're rocking and rolling. Alfonso McKinney is starting at small forward today, Sam. I mean, I would start him. I think he's – I think Warrior fans may – have a sour taste because he was asked to guard Kawhi Leonard. And I, I like, I like got news for you. There's like four players in the NBA who can guard <laughs> Kawhi Leonard. Three of them was on the Warriors, I think. Seriously, though. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like Clay. They're all injured. Andre Godala. <laughs> KD can probably guard him a little bit. Paul George is his teammate now, can guard him. Yeah. Um, I don't know. A couple other ways. Like the list is short. That was so. actually about it. Yeah. Yeah. McKinney, McKinney not being able to guard Harden and. Um, Kawhi is not a knock against him. Yeah. If he could guard him, he wouldn't be on a vet minimum contract. Yeah, no, I think that that's a fair point. I think a lot of people um, watching those playoff games got a little bit frustrated with Alfonso McKinney, and he even became unplayable a little bit. Was yeah, you're right. He's not able to guard those guys. But we're not talking about Western Conference Finals right now, right? We want to get this team to the playoffs. Can he give you productive minutes yep. in November and December? Um, I think he can. I think. Uh, He's going to need to be better than he was last year, but he hasn't necessarily um, – he'll, he'll get more opportunities this year. So, you know, what did he do well last year, Andy? He, he definitely crashes the glass really well for a wing. Um, the shooting, he was Up hitting, and down. He was hitting corner threes earlier in the season and then went very cold the second half on. Um, so, honestly, if the, if the jump shot gets a little more consistent – it's fine. Um, there is also another player that may be interesting, Damian Lee. Yeah, he's on the two-way. Does not want to be referred to as a Curry. I can't blame him. That's kind of patronizing. Yeah, I mean, isn't that one of the reasons why, like, Seth Curry didn't want to play on the Warriors? It definitely. Yeah, I like mean, it. it's it's even worse for Seth because, you know, his, his brother's a superstar on the team, and then... Anytime he's in, it's like in context of his brother. That's not fair. Yeah, I mean, but here's the other thing. He's good. I think Damian Lee is good. I think he could actually play on this team. I think he probably should have played a little bit more in the postseason. Is he the best shooter after Stefan Delo? I mean, not counting Clay, of course. Yeah, yeah. No, I, mean, I think he is. He's probably as good a shooter as Jordan Poole. As, uh, but like an NBA one. shooter, right? Because Jordan Poole, we don't know if he could shoot. Yeah, Jordan Poole bit, may right? very well be much better shooter in a year. But at this point, all we were going off of is what we saw in Summer League. Somebody's saying it's a terrible pregame show, Sam. Your thoughts. Um, but, I, <laughs> I, you know, my, my thing with uh, Damian Lee is that, uh, listen, it's not like people are cheering you harder or less because you're Damian Lee. Nobody really cares. It's you go out there, you play basketball. Uh, you can't hear, like I think with Jeremy Lin, it was real, where he f- was very uncomfortable playing on the Warriors because, I mean, there's a large Asian contingent. He's from Palo Alto. And he, every time he would come in, he was like a mascot, right? So he was like, hey, I'm uncomfortable. I don't want to play here. Yeah. Same with, I think Seth probably felt that way because it's like, hey, it's Seth Curry. Like, that's Steph's 
Yeah, he can't. He brother. can't change his name. Yeah, I, well, I mean, theoretically, he could, but <laughs> but like I don't with think Damian Lee, to. half the people out there don't even know that he may be related related to Steph. So my, the other thing is like, hey, just go out there and play. He's good enough to play, uh, especially in the regular season. Um, I, I I think he's the thing is he's probably a little bit too small to play the wing. That's that's the problem. Like he's, he's not that can't... small. He's more of a two than a three, though. Yeah, They're yeah, gonna ask yeah. him to play the three, though. Yeah. Um, he's he's a, he's like a six five, six six wing. Yeah. So that's um, it's tough. Well, well, I don't know. Now they're doing real measurements without shoes, so everyone's about to be six three. That's right. <laughs> how 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 do you think Draymond, you know, got got uh, got listed at? You know, he was listed at six six. I think he's got to be like six four, maybe six five <laughs> tops. Yeah, that's six seven listing. I mean, you think he's a little sad that <laughs> didn't have that? I think that's even like it makes his legend even better. You know, as a yeah. small ball center. Like it makes it like that. Then him being the most versatile and best defensive player in the league is he? It, that legend grows now that he's like six five. Now that you find out he's really six five, which you know you walk in the locker room. You know I've been in the locker room many times. You walk in there and you look at Draymond Green and you're like, man, he is not that much taller than me. <laughs> Usually you look at NBA players, right? You're like, ooh, these are big guys. Uh, what well, we got a we got a call on line one. We go to this right before break. Mike, what's going on, Mike? So here's the thing. I, I've been trying to play a game because talk is cheap and, hey, we're, you know, talking for all the – but go look at the media day pictures of all the teams in the Western Conference. Everybody threw up their top four. Pictures worth a thousand words, okay? Bottom line is Warriors are solid when you took look at the top four teams that everybody's showcasing. Sure, you got – you know, a, a couple of good players on, you know, Clippers and Lakers and stuff. But we're really in a good position when you look at our core four. What do you think about that? Thanks, Mike. Um, yeah, I think that's exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, I'm with you. I, you look at the, yeah, you look at the top guys. Uh, the the Warriors have one of the best, if not the best, in the NBA. That's who they are. That's who they were in 2015. That's their plan now, moving forward. Um, this year, the only issue is they can't add on to that with the hard cap, and I think that's part of their goal next year is that they can bring back guys and they can sign more guys and increase that depth so they can get through a regular season because in any postseason series, the Warriors can and should beat anyone. All right, we'll come back with Dieter Kurtenbach from the Bay Area News Group. You're listening to Andy Liu and Sam Fendiari on the Warriors World Radio Show. Now back to Warriors World Radio on 95.7 The Game. Here's Andy Liu and Sam Esfandiari. Uh, much better. Much better. Uh, I, need a, I need to post a video of Andy. I just want to roll my eyes at this. Um, Get a people what they want. 40 minutes till the first preseason game at Chase Center. I... You know, it doesn't you get excited. It I'm doesn't pretty excited. It doesn't feel like I, I just the last game at Oracle was so scarring. It's just like you're not ready for hoop. I I don't know. Like once it happens, it's going to be great. Like it's I, I'm born and raised here. So like once it happens, I'm very happy. I get to cover all the games this season. I thought it's there right weren't any my, real fans. Yeah. In, uh... In the city. It's what I've been told by uh, by uh, Twitter media. Um, <laughs> well, we have a uh, we have a guest here, uh, 
Dieter Kurtenbach from the Bay Area News Group. Dieter, how you doing? In the bowels of this uh, brand new behemoth, trying to find a quiet spot. I think I got one. Ooh. Now, are the bowels of Chase is the reception better than the bowels of Oracle? Uh, yeah, I, 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 you can't divide by zero, guys. So this, this is much better. <laughs> oh, than boy. The fact that I'm able to do this is a uh, a testament to modern technology. All right. So first Warrior game at uh, Chase Center. Let's start with this. What are you uh, What are you most excited to see tonight? Um, interested to see what they've done in the first week in terms of sort of changing up the offense as to fit the personnel that they have. We know that the five-man motion isn't going to really work the way that the Warriors want it to go down, and then they're going to be a more pick-and-roll heavy team. Now, without Willie Cauley-Stein or basically any centers, it might be tricky to sort of show the full hand, but that's a very direct way of playing basketball, and I'm interested to see uh, how direct they are in a preseason game, how, how quickly that they can sort of adapt to the new reality of uh, their offensive circumstances. Uh Dieter, how much does a beer cost right now at Chase? I, I literally have not been able to find out yet, and I walked through this place like three times. It's what I'm doing as soon as I'm done. I can't imagine that it's not going to cost you like a saw buck and a half. So Got it. It is uh, everything around here is definitely not catered to, uh, to us. Let's yeah. Put it that way. Yeah, I'm thinking of taking out a loan before I head over. So I, I'm just, <laughs> just got to let, you know, let me know. There's a lot of guys who can give you a good interest rate around these. <laughs> um, all right, so yeah, I mean, Sam asked a good question about the offensive scheme, but on the other on the other side of that, I mean, boy, they got Omari Spellman starting tonight. They've got Alfonso McKinney at the three. Stephen Delo are starting in the backcourt. Clay Thompson is out. What are they going to do on defense? Um, not do it. I, I don't. I don't know what they're going to do. I mean. I, here's the thing. I, I, I will say this. Uh, D'Angelo Russell has a reputation as a bad defender, and I'm not saying he's a good defender. What I am saying is that I think he has the frame to be a halfway decent defender. I'm really interested to see if the Warriors can turn him into just a salvageable dude because he's got a big wingspan. He's a smart guy. Uh, I, I would like to think that the Warriors could sprinkle their pixie dust on this dude, and Ron Adams can take him to the side and teach him how to be serviceable in the way that he made Steph serviceable. But... That, that's a long ways away. I don't expect to see that tonight. And frankly, the entire season, they're just going to have to try to score more points than the other team because, you know, we, they kind of did the same thing last year. But last year, it's because they didn't try on defense. This year, it's because even if they tried, it wouldn't matter. So, breaking news, Dieter Kurtenbach says D'Angelo Russell will not be picking up LeBron James full court tonight. He might have to. That's the worst part. I mean, who else is going to do it? We saw what we here's, I, we saw what Alfonso McKinney did in the NBA Finals. He was unplayable on the defensive end. So I, D'Angelo might be your best bet. Well, on the D'Angelo note, um, obviously Steph Curry and Draymond Green are returning. How do you see that trio fitting together? What do you think it's going to look like? I like it a lot just because D'Angelo Russell's a shooter, man. And like, as much as we want to overthink this, like, dude is totally cool hanging out. And, and spot up shooting, and he'll knock down a really high percentage of that, just in the same way Clay does. Uh, I, I'm, I'm bullish. Uh, this, this guy hasn't even hit his ceiling yet. I don't know if it's that much higher than we've seen already, but he's a damn good basketball player, and he can do the most important thing in the NBA, which is shoot. Now, the issue, of course, as we've alluded to, is the fact that the second most important thing in the NBA these days is perimeter defense, and uh, and he hasn't shown that he can do that yet. But I'm. I'm really optimistic, especially when you take into account the, the context and the circumstances. It was D'Angelo Russell or nothing. So, uh, yeah, pretty good pickup. Yeah. All right. So, 
I'm tr- I'm trying to find a happy spin here, Dieter. You got to help me out. You know, the okay. tech text line's not happy with me. They're like, hey, we're not excited. You know, we're we're not happy. You know, the Warriors aren't going to make the playoffs. It's doomsday. Yeah, they're a twenty win team. Literally, none of those things were said. <laughs> Listen, he, 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 I'll, I'll give you this, Andy. I'll give you this. Like anytime you go from being an absolute juggernaut, like in a true sense. Anytime you come down, it always feels worse than all these other teams that have sucked for years comparatively to the best in the NBA. And now they're on the rise, and they're just getting to suck up all of this hope and optimism. We can't be as optimistic around these Warriors as we have been the last few years because we know that even if they play their best possible basketball, it's not going to be as good as it was for the three years prior, maybe even the five years prior. So that's all we're feeling. We're, we're just we're wallowing in a, in a sense of ambiguity knowing that We've already seen the best that it's ever been, but that doesn't mean it's not going to be good. This team is going to be able to score with anybody in the NBA. They have a great coach in Steve Kerr. I think that we're, at, we're all going to have to come to Jesus on that this year. And, like, Russell and Curry, and, and when Clay comes back, I mean, that's going to be as fun of a backcourt, as fun of a three-guard lineup as we've ever seen in the National Basketball Association. And I think these guys like playing with each other. Now, it might be a little bit tricky to figure out, you know, how this is all going to work, but – at least one guy isn't moping around the entire year, you know, pretending as if he hates everything <laughs> in life. Like, there should be some optimism here because just these guys are going to like each other. I like that. It does feel like a, uh, a new atmosphere, a little bit of a new beginning. Um, so, you mentioned Clay. Clay's obviously out to at least the All Star break. So, yeah. we know what Steph Curry is going to do. We have a pretty good idea what D'Angelo Russell is going to do. My question for you is. Of all the other players, the kind of veteran bargain bin guys or the rookies, who do you think is going to be that third perimeter contributor? Without Clay, I think it has to be Burks. Uh, I, I like him. I think he's solid. But frankly, it could just be any one of the, the plug and play threes that they seem to have. One of them's got to step up, though. And maybe it's Alfonso McKinney. Uh, I ultimately don't think it will be. And I'm a big Zoe guy, but we know the limitations of it. I, I think it's got to be just kind of one of those bargain bin guys. And that's why this preseason is legitimately interesting because someone's going to get a really big role based off of how they play and how they practice in the preseason, whereas for the past, I don't know, four years, the preseason has been this perfunctory performance where nothing is really decided. And we find out really what this team's all about if we don't already know uh, when one out of 82 starts. We're going to actually learn something this preseason. And uh, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but it is an interesting thing. Well, I guess it's a good thing. Like you were saying, Steve Kerr finally has to coach. Um, it's been yeah. five years, you know? Uh-huh. Well, you know, listen, anytime you, can, anytime you can get a job where they're going to pay you a lot of money <laughs> to not do anything, you got to take it. But now the Pied Piper's coming. Yep. He, now, wants a little, he wants a little bit of what he's been paying for, right? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, he's got to put up a lot of moping, you know, so there was that for about, you know. It's true. <laughs> he was more team psychiatrist than he was. basketball. He was. He was. He, was put team... in, he put in a system. It was brilliant. It worked immediately. Yep. It created this absolute juggernaut, and all he had to do was deal with Kevin Durant's passive aggressiveness for like three <laughs> years. So, fair trade. Not that bad. I mean, being a therapist is not too bad. You know, you just got to hold those things in, and now when when Katie leaves and Kyrie's being his weird big brother, you know, sometimes you has got to take it for a little tell- bit more. I'm telling you right now, I mean, there is going, there is a chance that this team just has like a tremendous amount of joy about them at all times, oh just because they just don't have to deal with first world problems anymore. And one of those first world problems is you have the greatest scorer of all time just being a mope. Um, <laughs> like that, 
you, you make that trade every day. The Warriors would have loved to have had Kevin Durant back, but like there, there's a little bit of underdog to them. If this thing clicks early, I bet that they they go on one hell of a run and we get some good vibes around here. And frankly, I, you got to trust Draymond to make sure that everybody you know stays in line and all that. But Steph's always going to bring the good vibes, so I, I would expect that to kind of shine through. That might be the defining factor of this season: how quick they can get to those good vibes because. Those, those fumes can carry you for a while. On the Draymond note, I'm going to play back some audio of something Draymond said yesterday. It's different. Yeah. Just the lack of familiarity. You know, you get used to a certain thing for so long, and then it's not that. It's different. And so like, it's, you know, the normal reads that you'll make, that's kind of second nature. you got to make sure they're there. You know, you gotta, it's just a lot more making sure everyone's on the same page. So, Dieter, um, you mentioned you just mentioned uh, Draymond in terms of getting everyone into line. What was your read on him? Uh, the video is a lot more telling because, as with Draymond, there's a uh, there's an expressiveness to his face that not everyone has. Um, and I know you saw the clip, uh, but what was your read on that comment? I, I think he's right, and I think that honestly, we're all feeling it a little bit now. They have a much more practical problem on their hands because they got a. Like, 75% of the roster turned over, and that's not even taken into account Clay's injury. Like, these are all new dudes, and you're in an entirely new environment, and you got a whole new commute. Steve Kerr was complaining that he had to go get a veterinarian yesterday because they all moved over to San Francisco, and, like, it might be eight miles, but it's an entirely new life when you're on one side of the bay or the other. Um, it, there's just kind of a deep peculiarity to all of this, and it's going to take a while to get into a rhythm. Um I, I get it. I get it 100%. And Draymond's looking at it and going, man, you know, when it's been easy, I mean, it, it really, it's been easy to make the basketball work for the last three years and, frankly, the last five years. And now it's going to be hard to make the basketball work. And they have to maybe go away from some of the things that they thought were core to their identity this year. And, and they got to make that work because they have – this is just an entirely new world. It's like an expansion franchise that, that Steph and – Trayvon and Clay got traded to. It's in a new city. They got new, newish uniforms. This arena might as well be in any other town in the United States. It's, it's kind of corporate soulless right now. I mean, it, it's a totally weird environment, but, you know, in two months, it will feel totally normal. But right now, a lot of ambiguity, and, and ambiguity is no fun. Dieter, we'll let you get out of here. Game's going to start in 30 minutes, um, and we'll see you when we get over to Chase. But I want to leave you with this. What position okay. will the Warriors be in? Once Clay Thompson returns post All Star break, whatever time that is, I think they'll be holding on to like a seven seed, but they'll be completely exhausted. And then Clay will come back. There will be a bit of a feeling out period, and they go on a nice run at the end. And maybe they push for home court advantage in the first round. But I mean, everything one through eight, maybe one through ten in the Western Conference is going to be tight. Like I can't imagine more than three or four games separate all of those teams, and that's going to make it really fun from game one to game one eighty two. Then they win the title. All right, Dieter. Yep. See you in a bit. Heard it here first. <laughs> Thank you, Dieter. What about you, Andy? Um, I think that's an interesting question. Where will the Warriors be when Clay is back? So the Warriors are saying Clay's out at least until the All Star game. And I think part of that is just they don't want the questions from Christmas on. Um, but the All Star game, they'll have played 55 games. So let's just assume Clay doesn't play the first 60. Where are the Warriors? Well, here's the thing. What if, you know, what if the Warriors are below 500? Does Clay even come back that quickly, 
right? Maybe they wait till the last ten games of the season to bring. I, th- him back. I think Clay comes back if they are in playoff contention. Yeah, like, that's, like you're you're talking about yeah. the worst case where Steph misses twenty games and they mm-hmm. go like one in nineteen. Uh, but we don't want to. We don't. You know, we don't even want to consider that sort of stuff. I'm saying let's assume they've got good health out of everyone, and you know we're kind of in the last twenty five games of the season. Where are the Warriors? I mean, I think I think Dieter's right. I think they're hanging on to maybe a six to nine seed in the they're, Western they're in Conference. That cluster, yeah, the they're they're in that press. cluster. Now that doesn't mean that they're in that cluster permanently, but they're in that cluster because of Clay being out. And once he comes back, once he's able to play, I don't think there's much of a feeling out here. That's my thing. I don't think there's a feeling. I don't think that's that long. I think it's similar to Kevin Durant. Uh, I think the feeling out is Clay's knee. It's not yep, like do it, they know how to play with exactly, Clay. exactly, and that's that's just a real thing. It, that's I don't think they're like, hey, whose ball is it? Who's going to shoot? No, I don't think they have those issues at all. You don't think Clay is going to take the ball and demand a hundred pick and rolls? Yeah, no. <laughs> like I, I think that the way the system is, they're going to have Steph, they're going to have D'Lo, and they're going to know. Not really. It's it's my turn, your your turn, but it's kind of hey. I'm going to run this pick and roll this time because I have the ball coming up. D'Lo's going to run it this time because I got the rebound. I'm coming up. And then Clay's coming off the back screen. I don't think it's that difficult. I'm going to miss Clay because uh, he's got to be the easiest guy in the league to play with. You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't really dribble the ball. He runs around in circles, defends whoever you want him to defend. Going to really miss him. But with that said, let's, let's focus on what's actually going to happen in the next 30 minutes. Um, who are you most excited to see of the new guys? Everyone except for Steph, Draymond, and Looney, who's not even playing tonight, is a new guy. Yeah. <laughs> well, except Jacob Evans is not a new guy. Well, <laughs> And neither is McKinney. I take that back. Yeah. Well, my, my the guy that I want to see, because I think he's going to have to play more minutes than I think anybody really thinks about right now, is, is the rookie, is the second-round rookie, is Peshaw, is Eric Peshaw. Okay. Uh, I let's think, let's talk about it. Let's talk about him a little bit. What what do you what do you know about him? He's old. He's not that old. He's a rookie. He's a, he's old for a rookie, um, and that's kind of the reason why I like him. It's he's played at Villanova. He's won championships under he's a got, great coach, Jay Wright. He's got experience. He's got pedigree. Right. It's not by like the way he's, something that was kind of under the radar, but Jay Wright was involved with Team USA, and there was a lot of Kerr kind of talking with him and, and kind of exchanging notes because the Warriors have two Villanova guys. It's not just Eric Paschal, but Omari Spellman went to Villanova yeah, too. That's true. They were teammates. There's a lot of, uh, you know, how how should I use this guy? What do you think? And, um, you know, maybe that helps. He's got a bit of – he can shoot a little bit. Um, he's got toughness. He's long. Do a little uh, bit of everything, right? He's smart too. He played four years there. He's smart. Um, so when he talk when Draymond talks about high IQ, that's someone that certainly has it. I don't think he was mentioning Willie Cauley Stein between you and I, right? So <laughs> I think I think it was more on someone like him. And so um, I think he's someone. You know, the, Steve Kerr was saying yesterday. He, you know, with the injuries, maybe he'll have to play a little bit of five. I think maybe he plays up a little bit and maybe plays a little bit of three. Um, to go along with with his natural position, which is the four. You so they go with a little Draymond Paschal three four. I would love that. I would love that because then they could switch over a little bit. And if if probably can... probably not tonight, just because they're mm-hmm. um, so light on uh, just healthy big men to play tonight. Yep. But hey, you know it's just a first preseason game. So I think he's a guy that should play a lot this season. 
Um, he has, and, and Steve Kerr is a coach that has very little, we've seen, has very little patience with guys like Jordan Poole, right? Somebody that he may make a defensive mistake um, and he'll just be pulled and he'll not play a game or two. You know, I'm I'm kind of interested in that part with Kerr because he could do that when he had Livingston and mm-hmm. Iguodala who don't make mistakes on the bench. If he pulls everyone the time they make a mistake, it's going to be Draymond on the floor by himself. <laughs> you know, it's like I, I, he doesn't have that luxury. I actually think Kerr is going to be a lot more, if you're putting in effort and trying, he'll let you play through some bad shots. But if you're out there just not even putting an effort forth, that's what's getting you pulled. That that's what he should be doing, you know, because yeah, like you said, he has no choice this season, um, and it's not a bad thing. He still has very very good players on a very and excellent good team, core, but he they have to develop people and players uh, because really the last couple of years they they've developed one who's really good, Kevon Looney, really good, and he essentially is a core player for this team now. That's something. Uh... Spolstra said when he had LeBron and Wade and Bosch, you know, it's really hard to develop when you have one goal and that's to win a title because you can't just let your young guy play through it. We saw, remember Pat McCaw? He certainly had some issues, fit, you know, just kind of finding minutes and finding his comfort. So in many ways, now that there's all these open roster spots and minutes to be had, it should be easier to develop players. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that Kerr might have bumbled that because situation. It's I possible. mean, there was just no reason to play Nick Young that much um, over him or any other player over him that much. Just get him 15 minutes, 10, 15 minutes, and he would just wouldn't play. Uh, same with, I think, Jordan Bell last season. Now, Jordan Bell off the court wasn't great, and he didn't work necessarily that hard, to your point. But... He should have probably been given minutes, 10 to 15 minutes, instead of someone like Damian Jones, who you kind of knew right away he couldn't play, right? <laughs> um, so I think there's part of, hey, Steve Kerr, you're going to have to play these guys now. You're going to have to, no matter what. You're going to have to live with some kind of mistakes. Which ones are you willing to live with? Yeah. Um, I am I'm kind of interested to see Jordan Poole more than anyone. Uh, I like his game. I think I might like it more than you. He's clearly very young. He was a young second-year player. I think he turned 20 a month or two ago. Um, and he clearly needs to put on a little weight. So he's going to be one of those rookies. I mean, he's gonna, it's like the same way when Steph was a rookie and he just got pushed around because he weighed 25 pounds less than anyone. Mm-hmm. Not saying he's Steph Curry. But um, I kind of like what I've seen out of him. Like he's, it's, it's like he's a ball of clay with all these skills. He can really shoot the ball. Can handle a little bit, um, can make a few reads. There's potential there. Whether it develops into something or he just turns into one of those kind of guys who bounces around the league, we'll see. But I think he's got the highest ceiling of all the young guys, and I'm just really fascinated to see him. So the same thing for Jordan Poole goes for someone like D'Angelo Russell, um, who D'Angelo Russell had really glowing words on NBA media today about Steph Curry. It's he's really excited about playing around a core that's this smart and willing to incorporate you, right? You imagine going to Oklahoma City when Russ was playing there and trying to play with him or going to Houston and trying to play with James Harden? It ain't about you, right? It's about, hey, how can I get my next triple-double? How can I get my next 50-point game, right, playing with those types? Yeah, it's a lot of you go stay in the corner, and when I pass it to you, you better hit the shot. Yeah, or you get blamed for it. I mean, we, let's talk about, I mean, we were talking about LeBron James earlier. 
right? Hey, if the, if the if the Lakers don't make the postseason, it's not LeBron's fault. Anthony Davis is going to get that criticism. Anthony Davis <laughs> knows that, right? Anthony Davis is going to get a lot of criticism when the Lakers start losing games, right? And so I think with Steph Curry, it's different. It's these guys enjoy playing with him. Steph Curry makes it easier to play with him. Steph had a quote uh, on media day or after practice the other day where he said, you know, it doesn't matter who gets the ball. Whoever gets the rebound, get the ball from that person. Or if you get the rebound, bring the ball up and start to play yourself, and I can play off ball. Sam, when was the last time you saw James Harden play off ball? Was it middle school? Elementary school, maybe? I mean, this he's <laughs> off ball in this game because yeah. the Rockets aren't playing. Yeah, yeah, that's about it. And so I think that's, a, that's the type of uh, quote, that's the type of style that Steph plays where people enjoy playing with him. Uh, same with Klay Thompson. Where you don't have to worry about Clay Thompson's ego. He's going to go stand in the corner. He's going to run pin downs. He's going to play defense. He's going to make him easy for you because it's a team game. And I think you look at someone like D'Angelo, it makes life easy for him. And for Jordan Poole, learning how to play basketball, I think a lot of times for a lot of these talented young players, um, it's where they go. A lot of these players, you know, with Derek White, who he just ended up in San Antonio. Because they draft him, he's now a good player. He played a, he played in the World Cup, and he's a good two way basketball player. If he ended up in Minnesota, there's no way Derek White becomes who he is today. And so, Jordan Poole is in a good situation playing with you know for the Warriors and with someone like Steph Curry, where he can develop and he can be put in a good position to develop. Um, yeah, man. Warrior basketball in 20 minutes. I'm actually getting very, very wow. excited wow. right now. You think they got fireworks inside the arena? You know, Chase. They you think they're going to burn it down? Just set off fireworks. <laughs> they got to have something. Got to have something big. You know, they can't. You know, dancing cranes. Dancing cranes. That's how they. That's how they unveiled it. That's how they. You know, and you know, Ethan Strauss. Do you Strauss, think this is going to be the intro? First name Stephen, last name Curry. He came into my life. Now everything is less. Where do you come up with this stuff, man? Where, <laughs> I, um, was that the water ad? That yeah. was the water ad. Yeah, the water ad. Yeah, good, good times. Yeah, actually, we're gonna. I guess we're gonna miss the the pregame intro stuff. But honestly, I don't think they're gonna unveil the. They're not gonna do the, the regulars. There'll be something for preseason, but it won't be what they do opening night. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just it doesn't. You know, our guy Ethan Strauss. He was saying how the arena doesn't have anything special about it, right? It doesn't look like a special. No 50-foot golden statue of Laco. Where is the statue? <laughs> you know, where, where is it? Why is there no Steph Curry shooting a three in the middle of the court? Well, you don't make statues of people still playing. Eh, you know, I think there can be an exception made for Steph. It <laughs> is the arena Steph built, essentially. There ain't no way that you know, Lil Acum's bringing this thing into San Francisco without him being this good. Um, ah, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, what are you expecting atmosphere-wise? Because I kind of think tonight will be a little disappointing because it's the Lakers, and you know there's going to be a lot of Laker fans oh there. This yeah. isn't going to be opening night versus the Clippers where it's going to be all Warrior fans going insane because the season's starting. Yeah. I know season ticket holders who've sold their tickets to this game and who knows who bought them, but there's, you know, when people buy tickets offline, they don't have to say who they're a fan of. Yeah, no, that's, that's, um, that's like the, um, did you see Kawhi get booed in LA? That was pretty funny. I did. (laughs) (laughs) 
LA is still a Laker town, huh? I don't think the Lake. I don't think it's going to take generations for the Clippers to make an imprint. Don't think the Clippers are coming up anytime soon. They are a better team, so there is that. There is that. But um, yeah, I I am excited to see you know what Chase is going to look like. I've seen some of the upper deck uh, seating where it's Sam looks quite high. Oh, I disagree. I mean. I'm going to go walk it today, but when I was there for a tour, it felt like Oracle. It didn't feel particularly higher, maybe like okay. a couple feet. Uh, honestly, the sight lines felt relatively similar to Oracle to me. Just obviously the seats are nicer. Everything's newer, but have you ever been to Staples? Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't for a, a game, though. It was for okay. a race. <laughs> no, no, yeah. no. Um, like, uh, they've got the three-tier thing, and it's it's kind of – you're just farther away is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean, we'll see. I'm I'm interested. Like I was asking, um, asking asking our guy Dieter earlier. Like, you know, are they going to do thirty dollar beers, forty five dollar beers? What's the food situation looking like? Are they going to get really San Francisco in there, Sam? They're going to have food trucks. You know, are they going to are they going to give us food you know Ko- Koja Kitchen in there? <laughs> I mean, they do have some good local food in there. You got Bake Sale Betty. Okay, you got Tacalicious. Ooh, you got um. Well, those are the only two I know yeah. on the top of my head. They're gonna have bon mis in there, up. you think? Yeah, yeah. probably. They get some pho. Get some ramen in there. Let's uh, let's let's talk about the game real quick. Oh, I'm gonna play back. I'm gonna play back some uh, some stuff sound on playing with D'Angelo Russell. I mean, it's fun. You can see the potential. We can how we work off each other. It's no secret. I like to play with the ball and off the ball. I know he can do the same. So, kind of our formula of whoever gets the rebound, whoever's close to the ball, get it and go, and the other guy just run. That's going to be fun to watch, having a playmaker like that that can put the ball on the floor, create for others. And uh, he's obviously a knockdown shooter, too. So I think the chemistry will be developed very, very quickly. Very, very quickly. That's, I don't think D'Lo's addition um, is going to be an issue for this team. They're just a team that is built to incorporate really anyone. They incorporated Kevin Durant seamlessly in year one. It wasn't until year two that there were problems, and that was not schematic. That was mental. No, definitely. It'll be interesting to see how D'Angelo Russell deals with not having the ball in his hands all the time. I will say this. Last year, the first time he made an all-star team, he um, they, they pretty much turned the offense over to him and let him create everything in, this, in a similar way that like the Rockets do with Harden, the Thunder did with Russ, and he was kind of just the man. So how does he feel? Can he still stay in rhythm bouncing back and forth? Because we know Steph likes to kind of go between on-ball and off-ball. Um, will he, and he's totally comfortable doing it, will he? Um, will D'Angelo Russell be comfortable? I think he will be because he respects Steph and he knows that it's he's... It's not about a respect thing. It it's is, like... it is because with, with Kevin Durant, that's why he stopped doing it. Like that's why Kevin Durant stopped playing that way, because Kevin Durant felt, hey, this is, should be my team, and I don't need to be running these off-ball screens. I should be the one that's handling the ball. I should be the one that's isoing. That's really what it is. And with D'Angelo, I don't think any of that's going to pop up. I think he's going to be very comfortable doing that because well, he has to. But you're to. not hearing my uh, my question here, and that's, I mean, he can want to, but will he be as effective? Let me play some sound back to you. I mean, I consider myself a basketball player. So whatever position coaches put me in or whatever position that that we that I have to be in to, to help the team thrive or whatever it may be, um, 
I'm more than eligible to do it. Yeah, I mean, he's look, he's 23. I'm keep, That's true. I'm keeping an open mind here. And I'm gonna believe that D'Lo will figure do. We'll figure it out. We'll do what it takes to become at least a very good off-ball player. Um, he's saying all the right things, and I've yet to see him be that Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, James Harden player where they just are incapable of playing off-ball. So until that happens, I believe he can do it. Um, my question would be: Will is he gonna be? You know, is he gonna be a great shooter? Off ball because for for some people it's you know you get in really good rhythm dribbling and shooting into it and then for some people off ball which you know D'Lo's not really a spot up guy like is he going to be great shooting like that you know who knows yeah I'll say this last year he shot thirty nine point four percent on spot ups and about thirty five percent on uh, off the dribble so there you go from three just yeah. to be clear so I mean about forty percent on spot ups and that's good so if you can get him a couple more of those. My big thing with him is, will the offense get him a couple more easy looks? Because he takes a lot of hard shots. He does. He does, and he does. He takes a lot of mid range shots too, um, which you know are fine. But, but he's that's mostly because he's. I mean, he's a phenomenal passer. Like his passing is by far the. Um, I would say the probably the most exciting skill. Like you watch highlights of him, his passes are wild passes, and it's always kind of like he gets a defender in the mid range, and he either takes a shot or he makes his pocket pass. No, no, he at Ohio State he would make incredible passes, right? Uh, and you know that's part of the, uh, you know, as great as Kevin Durant was, he was not an incredible passer. He was a good passer, a very effective passer. Yeah, he's good creator with the ball in his hands. I mean, he's also like the greatest scorer ever, so it right. didn't hurt. But D'Angelo is a legitimately ab- highly above. Well, I, I don't want to compare those two, but yes, D'Angelo is a point guard. Well, you're gonna Ke- have to. Kevin Durant was a point forward. Yeah, well, That's the difference. Well, they got they got D'Angelo Russell for Kevin Durant. So I'll play I'll play back one more D'Angelo sound here. It's cool, man. Um, I played with him the first time last week, and I literally called my dad, my brother, and I was just like, "Yo, this is about to be so fun." I think that's a good way to um, right before you know we got ten minutes to the game. Steph and D'Lo keep talking about how fun it's going to be to play together. We know Steph by nature has kind of a joyous presence with the way he likes to play basketball. Uh, D'Lo, in many ways, was kind of similar, and and a lot of the times he got criticized by Atkinson. It reminds me of the way Steph did because he would try these passes that drive coaches insane. Oh, so we've got two guys that are going to do these passes oh, Steve, now. Steve Kerr's Steve Kerr is going to have to <laughs> take some like heart medication because he's going to get very stressed with the two of them. But it is kind of the same thing where he's a very creative player, and with that creativity comes some brilliant plays. But with it also comes the nights that drive coaches insane. Right. So, but the the greatness always with if you're that good and Steph is that good and D'Lo is you know we're thinking going to be very good. Um, you live with those because those are always going to outweigh the bad. And I think that with Steve Kerr, that is what he's going to have to figure out this year. And that goes for someone like Draymond Green, right? Draymond Green, who Steve Kerr doesn't allow to shoot threes, he's going to have to just say, hey, if some nights you're going to go two for 10 or two for eight, that's okay. Draymond taking 10 threes. Ten's a little little aggressive. That's how I immediately went to eight. Yeah, maybe six. Yeah, <laughs> six can be the wild night. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, you're right. There's got to be 
this team's going to be best if they get on to transition, I think. And with transition, you got to let them play a little freer. And with freedom <laughs> comes the occasional mistake. I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine the first time that Draymond Green throws an alley oop or some like behind the back thing to Willie Cauley Stein, who like misses the dunk or like drops it out of bounds or like tries some three sixty and just completely airmails it? Whew. I'm a little bummed we won't see Willie tonight. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm okay with Looney taking the game off. Like I know what Looney can do, but I was kind of excited to see that. Uh, that pick and roll, either whether it's Steph, Draymond, then Willie, or a direct D'Lo, Willie pick and roll in the lobs. You know, like we, the Warriors haven't really had a lob threat like that since JaVale. Yeah. And Willie's better at it than JaVale. Yeah, Willie's a good player. He was a very good pickup for the Warriors. He probably was like well, that $5 little, million dollar player. A little frustrating, but um, I mean, his frustration's not because he's not a lob threat. Um, <laughs> it's a frustration's kind of on the defensive effort time, time, uh, Every now and then isn't isn't necessarily where you want it. You mean the fact that he doesn't block any shots, despite the fact he's six three, or sorry seven six three three seven three. <laughs> he is. Um, he might be the most athletic seven footer in the league. And just in terms of, if you remember when the Warriors would play the Kings, the Warriors would always be like, "This guy is so fast in transition," like they couldn't slow him in transition no matter what they did. Yeah. Um, should be fun times. Uh, he'll be back. He won't. He won't miss too many regular season. Yeah, games. I think I'm just being impatient here and knowing that you know Marquise Chris and the beat may play preseason minutes. Oh, we we took two hours of show. We didn't even get to our Marquise Chris and Hashim the yeah, beat. We breakdown. don't need to. <laughs> um, like, we got one minute I don't minute think left. either one are going to make the roster. Maybe a ten day at the beginning. Um, Not a fan of anyway. Chris, huh? huh? Okay. Well, I just I don't think he's going to make the team. Huh. But you know what? If he shows out. Tonight, we'll talk about them next week. Yeah. Well, I think the Warriors win 50 games. They'll beat the over. They'll make oh, the wow. playoffs. Oh, wow. Oh, we're doing predictions now? Yeah. Listen, Sam, we got one minute I'm, left. I'm going to say they're going to win exactly 48 and a half. <laughs> the hedge. <laughs> um, that is the greatest prediction. No, you, Nobody is going to copy you. Nobody. <laughs> nobody. And there's zero way I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think... And, the, and, you know, believe it or not, the, the quote-unquote dark horse... If this team was healthy the whole season, they probably would be the favorite to win the title. Like, that's the thing. They should have won the title last year even without Kevin Durant. Like, that's the thing. They'd be the favorite to win the title if they were completely healthy. That is insane. That's where they should be. So the stuff where they may not, may not make the playoffs doesn't make any sense to me. So You are listening to Warriors World Radio, and that is it. We'll throw it to the Warriors game. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 